0: This is Ty Cats Today. This is Ty Cats Today for a Wednesday, August the 25th, 2021. one. Two digital host, Louis B. And Ty Cats finishing up their practice for the week ahead of traveling to Montreal. They'll do that tomorrow, have a walkthrough. And then, of course, take on the Alouettes Friday night, 7.30 kickoff. You can catch the game right here on the Ty Cats Audio Network, starting with Tiger Cats pregame presented by Active Green and Ross with myself and Andy Fantu. So looking forward to the call on that one. Uh, We've got a big show coming up. We wa- are going to be joined by the legendary, the, the quite legendary, and I use that word sparingly, but uh, this man definitely deserves it. Uh, the legendary Steve Milton uh, will be by on today's show celebrating 35 years at the Hamilton Spectator started 35 years ago today. Uh so that's great stuff to get into with him. And we're going to hear from coach Joe and we're going to hear from Dane Evans. And because the big news of the day coach has announced that Dane Evans will start and uh, let's hear what coach had to say as he spoke after practice.
1: Dane'll start. We had him we had him limited uh, for a reason. It's not a coy thing or anything. He's, uh, you know, he's got some sore ribs and, uh, you know, he's a tough sucker. He probably, probably should have came out of the game in in Saskatchewan a little bit, but, uh, he's tough. He's a tough man. And, uh, you know, he took most of the reps day one for us, to be honest with you. Anybody who's at practice would know that, uh, that it wasn't, uh, that, and it just, uh, uh, for, for the reasons uh, behind closed doors and how he's exactly feeling, uh, Dane, Dane will start. <laughs> Same as it is every week. We expect to win every week. doesn't mean it happens. I, I like our preparation. I like the focus. I like the way the staff moved around. I like the urgency. Um, but that's all fine and dandy. You got to play the game. So I'm really looking forward to the game to see our response. <laughs> well, you, you you take the information and you make adjustments. Uh, be it personnel, be it things that we're running, be it emphasis, and then you wait and see how it it, it turns out on the game day. So, um, you know, we've made some adjustments, we've made some uh, you know some some changes, and we'll we'll see how they how they pan out. But that's really what the information gathering is about. And you know, we we uh, in order to actually see how the changes uh, do evolve, you have to do it when the game's live. That is the head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Orlando
0: Steinauer. And a couple of things uh, coach mentioned. Uh, doesn't look like Chris Van Zyl is going to go. Uh, the full scrum, the full, uh, the full post-practice sound available at Ticats.ca. But he also touched on uh, Ja'Garrett Davis, uh, why he hasn't been in the lineup. Uh, so go check it out, Ticats.ca, for the full uh, interviewed Jaeger Davis will not play. He mentioned Chris Van Zyl will not play. So we'll officially get the depth chart tomorrow. And, of course, we'll break that down here on Cats today. Um, Dane Evans is getting the start and obviously not the circumstances in, in which he wanted to start and seeing a teammate get hurt in uh, Jeremiah Masoli, the coach mentioned there. Uh, but uh, Dane, obviously, very excited and a, a start that he's been looking forward to for, for a long time. Yeah, it's been, it's
2: been a while, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've been looking forward to it. Um, obviously kind of weird circumstances, you know, I definitely don't ever wish anything bad on Jeremiah or any of my teammates. It's just, I mean, it's a game. People get hurt sometimes, you know, so, um, but now I know it's, it's, it's my job to go out there and help this team win. So, I mean, I'm ready for it. This week was good because I did get some more reps with some of those new guys, you know, um, so getting to build the timing and the chemistry and see how their body moves in space, you know, and start start really working on that with them. And then it's nice to have guys, you know, like Speedy and Ack and uh, even T. Earl, who I, I've been throwing with for the last, you know, three three or so years. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a good mix. And to be able to get some more reps with them, it's been nice. Dude, Siroc is a warrior, man. He I, I wish that y'all could see what he does in the facility and not just on the field because This man has really stepped into Mike Filer's shoes in in the best way you can. Um, He he is really doing a great job. Um, He's really over-communicating to all the other linemen. And, uh, you know, you can never go wrong when you over-communicate. And uh, I think they've had a really good week. And, uh, you know, we've been
0: clean. That is Dane Evans as he spoke to the media after practice today. So, Dane Evans getting the start. His first start since the Grey Cup. But uh, we all know the resume of... Of Dane Evans, what he's done, what he can do as a starter, so a uh, lot to be excited about. And a uh, big shout out there to Darius Sarraco and the offensive line. And I know the offensive line is taking a lot of heat lately. Um, and again, you know, when you when you when you watch the tape, uh, you're watching the tape a little bit differently than than the team is, and a lot differently than the coaches are. So uh, I'm not sure if it's all. Um, If it's all on them, it's definitely not all on them, Uh, but obviously you want to see Dan get a couple more extra fractions of seconds to to find his receivers, but uh, nothing but love for the offensive line uh, coming out of uh, Dan's mouth there, and Coach O mentioned it as well. So full scrams available, ticats.ca, to check those out. Uh, Saw Coach Sal down here today. Really great to see Coach Sal. Uh, he'll be joining us on Tiger Cats at the Half on uh, Friday's broadcast. So uh, he was down here. I tweeted a picture of uh, two two great men that I uh, got, to, got to get to know through uh, the tie Cats here. And one of them is Steve Milton. And uh, Steve Milton is celebrating 35 years at the Hamilton Spectator. And Uncle Milty, as I colloquially call him, uh, one of the best guys I've had the pleasure of getting to know, um, not just here for Tiger Cats, uh, not just because of his sports writing, but just uh, a real, real great person. And got a chance to catch up with Milty here at Tim Hortons Field, and I had to ask him: uh, Thirty-five years, does it feel like thirty-five years?
3: Uh, not till I read it. Um, and of course, I'd worked nine years in the business before that, plus had a couple of careers before that. So uh, yeah, you know what? It reminds me that uh, everybody gets old, including your own self.
0: I was about to say. I mean, uh, I'm not giving my age on this show, but uh, I would say it's 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 a lifetime and then some. Yeah. For yeah. me.
3: Well, it it and it feels like it some days, doesn't it? When you, uh, especially the last couple of years, don't you think? You know, with 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 everything going on, you'd think it you wouldn't be doing anything, but it's been it's been among the busiest times of my certainly my time at the Spectator. You know, it it's been very comparable the kind of days we've had to uh, say working in Olympics, which is an incredible uh, like you can't believe. How much you're into it and there's no doesn't seem to be beginning or an end to it until it's suddenly over and that, that the covid period's been very much like that you wouldn't have thought it would be uh, particularly the startup period again now that uh, both the major teams in, in the stadium
0: are playing and uh, speaking of the stadium i mean like it feels like this building i mean there was obviously a history there's a great rich sports history in the city um but this building, especially, it seems like it's opened the doors from twenty, you know, that twenty fifteen from the Pan Am Games to, to I know you're you're talking twenty thirty and the British Commonwealth Games coming back. I mean, the, the, we are in a special time of Hamilton sports right now. Well, we are, and
3: and, and it, it you know once I think Louis we came to grips with what, then I had to come to grips with it too. You know, I didn't want the stadium here, um, but over time you realize and, and I think it might help people to remember that I, I have a degree in history. That, that's what I graduated in after starting business and not liking it. Um, and I think over time, this will become... It already was. Uh, we used to make comparisons between the old stadium and Fenway Park. The neighborhood, the parking, how it was built to fit the neighborhood, how everybody walked, you know, parking on lawns, every, cars askew everywhere. Well, if you looked at... Once we looked at the history of that and that this stadium went back to the when this was... a. A farm. When it was actually the Scott Farm, and there was a little area cut out where they played a little cricket, a little soccer. You realize that by the time this stadium's done, and I don't know when that'll be, it'll be 200 years that sport's been playing on this spot. Well, when you have that kind of history, you can sell history. And my guess is that the third stadium will go right here too. Yeah. You know, if, if uh, whenever that, whenever that is. I like this building. It's uh, you, you and I spent a great amount of time here. You know, many times from eight in the morning till ten, eleven at night. And it feels like home to me. In fact, I suggested laughingly once I should get an apartment in here when I was looking for a place. And and, uh, and I like it. I like the neighborhood. I like what you can see from here. You can see everything that is Hamilton, you can see from someplace in this building.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it really is incredible. I've, I've said that to, like this place is more my home. Yeah. There are days where we spend more time here than we do. We see the faces we see here more than we see the faces at home. Um, and and you, the sights, the sounds, the smell. Like it, you, you, get it. You get it coming. I get it every day coming off the QEW on Nikola Tesla, and you know I'm not saying as a bad thing. It, you miss it, and I missed it. And when you come back, there's something about this stadium that just seems to bring out the, the best. Yeah, in the city.
3: I, I think it, it is, and 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 you know the new GO Train situation and all of that kind of thing uh, changes some of the complexity and as it should. Yeah. Uh, I think Forge is a recognition of of the changing complexities of the city. Uh, I, I think, uh, and and I, th- I think the Ticats Cats have always represented uh, a, a certain kind of diversity uh, of this city, and and that that sort of uh, uh, easy but sometimes uneasy uh, correlation with our neighbors to the south, you know, and it's embodied in in in, in the CFL and in the lineups and the ratio and all of those things. And adding the global players, there's a lot of symbolism there. And as you know, I live a lot by symbolism. Yeah. I think the stadium's kind of a symbol. I. I it was basically constructed. at first I thought well, it's pretty simple, and then I realized it was done that way uh, on purpose, and it was complex in its simplicity because it was it's been allowed to evolve. And uh, when they designed that when, when Mitchell and, and Afnick and, and Young signed off on the plans, they didn't want to prededicate too much th- too many things because they knew t- they, we are living in extremely changing times. They didn't know to what it was changing, and and, that, and that's allowed things to evolve here. All the empty, the I don't want to say empty spaces, but but blank spaces it was like a canvas and and they don't use magic marker or it's not permanent ink because they know things are going to change again too I mean the plans original plans for the Great Cup were really example of that the social viewing those kinds of things the 360 to the stadium those things didn't exist when the stadium was first looked at I mean they kind of existed in some small principle. so I like that it's a very organic stadium Uh, this city the stadium doesn't own the city. owe the city, anything. I mean, fifty million dollars for this. There have been issues. There's no doubt. There have been issues, but
0: uh, that wasn't about the design. I don't think. To that point, because I know, like, you love the Commonwealth Games, right? Yes, that, that I love is, international. You love games. you have international competition, yeah. and I know you love the Olympics. You and there is that there is that twenty thirty question that uh, that I know you're going to be you're going to be hitting hard in the next few years mm-hmm. here. Um, and the, the symbolism and it's funny because even people tell me like, hey, the the 1930 Commonwealth Games were right here, right here, right here. <laughs> right, when they were called the British Empire Games, they were started by
3: the sports editor, of the spectator at the time, yeah. who was a number of other things. That was just one of the many, many hats that he wore. Uh, as we speak in the uh, press box right now, I'm looking at a legacy building from that. Jimmy Thompson Pool yeah. was where the swimming was held. It was the only, I think, the only events where women could, yeah, swimming was the only event where women could technically compete and get medals from uh, was in that. They competed in a number of other events, but they were uh, more like the demonstration sports or oh, yeah. national championships. So there was a it was a yeah. lot to those games. All of that will come up, of course, if we get the games yeah. uh, for 2030. Where the front runners, uh, whether we get it or not. The Prince of Wales Schools school was where the where the uh, first residence was. The stadium was built for it. Uh, while the original stadium, uh, which is called the stadium at the time, then Civic Stadium, uh, was built for for uh, for those. Um, uh, first British Empire Games. These, this stadium here primarily was built for the Pan Am Games. I mean, that's yeah. where the, the big money came from, and that's why it was able to get built. Now, why the Ty Cats uh, are—it's are, kind of the Ty Cat Stadium—is—is uh, uh, is because you have to have a primary. Uh, part of the part of the deal to get to get the uh, stadium money was that you'd have to have a the sustainability, which meant yeah. having a primary tenant, which the Tiger Cats agreed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, over, I mean, we all know that was pretty <laughs> wild negotiations for a long time, and they went on for a long time. Yeah. And of course, they are the also the secondary tenant now with Forge FC. So uh, it's uh, you know this is a stadium that's that's built around football, but specifically built originally for
0: soccer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, even you know, people hey, did the stadium used to go the other way, and that's yeah. something I learned from you. Yeah. Um, and then I know this is a topic that you love. Uh, how does it affect the wind off the? uh, well, the it's escarp- a wind scaring- it. yeah. There's no doubt about it.
3: And I kept, I mean, and a Ticat... cat. Uh, it's the officials. ongoing joke.
0: Yeah. It's that- the ongoing <laughs> joke, and they
3: think I make too much of it. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. You talk to Forge FC about it. Yeah. You know, it's a home field advantage, and uh, it, it can be. I mean, it, it. They're a ball control team, so sometimes playing in the amount of wind that they do, but. uh University of Western Ontario. When I called them one time about it, this was right in the early days when people were still scoffing about this. I said, "I noticed the wind is different," um, and I called them about it. They they have the number one wind program in the country, and uh, they wanted to do tests on it. But uh, you know, we didn't have the money to spec to finance it at the time. So, but the one the guy said to me, "Did they change the orientation of the stadium?" I said, "Yes, they they alternate they they at ninety degrees, and uh, or was it one eighty? No, one ninety, right?" So yeah. so uh, he said that can make a huge difference. Given the what I look here at the map of the weather conditions here, the two th- or, or the the geographical conditions, geological conditions, yeah. which would be the of course the mountain, quote unquote mountains, and <laughs> and the lake. Yeah, you know those are two major uh, effects. And of course it's got one year. We all know yeah. it's got one year over time in those ten years. Uh, yeah. I mean I don't know what the numbers are on that, but generally, um, southern Ontario has got one year.
0: Hmm. Um, let's talk about the team on the field. Yeah. Um, because they got to get a win. I mean, yep. it must must win games. I mean, there's no such thing as a must win game before Labor Day in in the Canadian Football League. But this is pretty darn close. No,
3: and Labor Day came up quicker, like two games, right? Than than normally. So you'd say, well, it's only two games, but it's two games out of fourteen, not two games out of eighteen, uh, and really two games out of twenty, right? Because yeah. because normally you'd have had two exhibition games as well. So. This is a you know I mean it's an interdivisional game it's the only time they play in Montreal uh, home field makes a huge actually much bigger difference in the uh, CFL East traditionally than it does in the West if you finish third in the CFL East you don't not you do not make the Great Cup not historically yeah you don't right so Toronto looks like they've got a pretty good team Montreal I think is a much better team than they uh, looked against. Uh, Um, Calgary, I mean, in fact, they could have won that, you know, another foot farther, and they win that game. And they've got the two dangerous things that on offense have have hurt Hamilton so far this year, uh, which is a scrambling quarterback who can extend plays and somebody who runs extremely tough up the middle. And so those were factors in both games at the start. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't call it a must game, but, uh, you know, hmm. A must-win, but uh, if they don't win it, then they're in a situation where you face kind of two of them in a row, back-to-back against the
0: Argos. Argos on 15 days rest. <laughs> right. And, and then back days rest. Four days rest. Milton, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Okay, Lloyd. Great to talk you. to you, as always. That, of course, is Steve Milton of the Hamilton Spectator, and uh, always love chatting with him, and... Always learn something when I chat with him too, and I chat with him quite often. So that should tell you about uh, how much he teaches me, how much he continues to teach me, and uh, I'm very appreciative of, uh, of him and his, uh, his friendship as well. Uh, great person to know. All right, that'll do it for us here on Tie Cats today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow we'll be getting you set, of course, for Friday's game, so you're gonna wanna tune in. Same place, same time right here on the Ticats Audio Network. And for the Ticats Audio Network, I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great day.